0: Hi guys and welcome back to another episode of the NFL Central Podcast. We're a look at the great sport of American football over here in Australia. Well, Tony Romo predicted it back in late November that the Bucks and Chiefs would have a rematch down there in Tampa for Super Bowl 55 glory and he was exactly right. As today, following the results of the championship games, that is the Bucks to the Packers uh, in the NFC Championship and then the Chiefs win over Buffalo in the AFC Championship. Those are the combatants in, as I said, Super Bowl 55 down there in Tampa on February the 7th. My name is Vaship, and I uh, hesitate for introducing my colleague today, of course, Hard Packers fan. Uh, how are you holding up, Gordo?
1: Um, I'm not going to lie. I've had a bit of a vent on Twitter, but, yeah, I don't know. It's It's been a tough day, believe it or not.
0: Un- understandable there, C- certainly understandable Okay, well I thought we'll, we'll start with uh, Packers game Get it over and done with And then we can uh, put that firmly behind you uh, One would think So yes, NFC Championship game As already mentioned, the Bucks have won They're headed on to Super Bowl 55 They'll be the first team ever to play uh, the game in their home stadium Whilst Tom Brady will appear in the game for an unprecedented 10th time Really putting aside any debate for who at least the most successful uh, and the best playoff quarterback is of all time, and I think certainly greatest of all time in terms of accomplishments. Tampa Bay Bucks won at thirty-one to twenty-six in the end over Green Bay in a frigid day at Lambeau on a Sunday afternoon, and really got a, especially in the second half. Tom Brady really didn't have the best of this game. I think the Bucks defense was the best unit and uh, responsible um, for the Bucks moving on.
1: Yeah, um, it feels like that's happened quite a bit this year. I mean, last week at New Orleans, the Bucks' defence won them the game. And, yeah, I mean, today you've got Tom Brady throwing three picks in the second half, and they still win. So the Buccaneers' defence really stood up when it mattered. Um, yeah, I'm, I feel like they've been a good unit all year. We saw that earlier in the year when they held the Packers to 10 points, and they were doing much of the same today.
0: Yeah, I was... Floating the name of Todd Bowles for a head coaching job, I, I realise it's only a couple of years out of his his stint in New York, but I think what he's done with his defence has certainly been very impressive. Uh, probably the key turning point in this game, I think, was 14-10, uh, to 10, the Bucks are up, they get the ball back. Uh, little time at all to go in, in the first half. Tom Brady, Brazilian said in the post-match press conference, Tom Brady took it upon himself, will go for it on fourth down and three at midfield. I want a touchdown to win the half, and then in really what was an, really an inexplicable mistake from the defence and uh, for Green Bay and defensive coordinator Mike Patton. Uh they, they don't play kind of prevent zone defence with five seconds to go. Brady launches a deep shot. Scotty Miller um, beats Kevin King. Uh, they score a touchdown. They really should didn't have any business scoring. They go in with 21-10 halftime lead and then coming out of the half on the Green Bay possession, Aaron Jones fumbles. Tampa recovers deep in in Green Bay territory, punches in, and and they're up 18 points. And and from there, you thought it would be unlikely uh, for them to win. Green Bay did come back, but those, uh, that five-minute period there, Gorda really hurt the side. Yeah, I mean, it starts
1: with the Aaron Rodgers interception on the previous Packers drive, which, depending on your view, could have been called a hold, but wasn't. So the ball gets turned over then. The Packers' defence on third down before the fourth down throw, Will Redmond probably should have had a pick, but completely missed the ball. So it should have been done there. And then, yeah, Kevin King, for whatever reason, decided not to line up deep against Scotty Miller and just got burned. So, yeah. yeah. I feel like Mike Patton all year seemed to play prevent defences in the third quarter and early in the second quarter, yet in the one play of the year... When he should have played, he decided to play close to the line. It, it, it just doesn't make sense.
0: Yeah, it was Greg Williams esque, I suppose, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, I sort of
1: get what Greg Williams was trying to do halfway through, what was it, week 13? I think. Somewhere around there, yeah. I mean, if you can get to a quarterback on a Hail Mary, then I'm okay with that call. But playing prevent or not playing prevent against Brady is probably worse.
0: Yeah, and obviously playoffs, higher stakes. What I would yeah. say is, in the second quarter, the the defense for Green Bay certainly improved. I mean, they fought well, it was three three straight drives with a pick there for Brady. Um, at that point, it was just the offense couldn't capitalize. I mean, Aaron Rodgers all year they've been going down and scoring, you know, with ease. But they, yeah, just we're, we're in a bit of a slump. I think the point on officiating needs to be addressed. There's no question. This is not what the league would have liked to see. We understand, and I'm sure you'll agree here, we understand that it's playoff football, you let it go, and that's fine. But for them to change the interpretation, I'm referring, of course, to uh, in the final drive, the Bucks get the ball back looking to run down the clock. There's a third down play. There is a tug of the jumper, a very clear tug of the jersey, uh, seen on the video cameras, on the Bucks receiver, and they call it. And you can correct me if I'm wrong, Gordon, but I think that was the first defensive pass interference or holding call I'd seen all, all, all day. Um, In the game And you know It's fine If you're not going to call them I think we all As football fans Would prefer to see that But just You know Please be consistent with that And on that occasion They clearly weren't
1: Definitely I feel like If If they'd been calling That all game Packers fans Would have no problem With the ending of this game But The fact that they did miss So Or They didn't miss it They were letting them all go And I think I think You should In the playoffs I mean there was the one on the Rodgers' inception. There was another one on a third down where Ellen Lazard was almost tackled at the line and it wasn't called. So, yeah, all you want is consistency from the refs. And this was the one play that they decided not to follow what they have been doing for the entire rest of the game. And, yeah, I mean, it ended the game.
0: Mm-hmm. It ended the game. I'm not entirely sure whether it was clearly not the sole um, – reason they lost i mean you can look at things as they might pet in that call on defense kevin king got burned a few times the offense couldn't capitalize when they got the ball back and matt lafleur now i think we should get into this uh packers down eight driving late they're in the they're in fourth and goal situation but first second third and goal rogers looks like he has a chance to run it in he said in the post-match press conference he wasn't sure how close the defender was behind him so he uh he decides to throw it away it's a, well, it's incomplete, sorry. Uh Fourth down and goal. I think around the four or six yard line, something like that. And Matt LaFleur decides to go for a field goal. And at the time I'm thinking, this doesn't make any sense. They go for it on fourth down, they don't convert. They're down by eight. They need a touchdown to win. They kick a field goal. They're down by five. They still need a touchdown to win. I just thought it was a, a, a gutless call, Gordo. And ultimately they never saw the ball again.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a tough one, I think, because if you look at it, if, Kevin King hadn't been flagged for the P.I., the Packers' defence gets off the field. Though. That was third down. They would have punted. The Packers get the ball back, and who knows what happens. Maybe they go down and score, and LaFleur is called a genius for kicking the field goal. But because – I mean, because of the way the game ended, that's obviously going to get criticised, and probably rightly so. But I just find it strange that he trusted a Mike Petton led defence instead of the MVP.
0: Yeah, it's, it's... – If he's
1: giving the ball back to Tom Brady,
0: that's – just crazy. Yeah, it's like with the, the Andy Reid decision last week with the Chiefs and the Browns game. Two sides of the court, and if they don't get that and the Chiefs go up and win the game, imagine the heat that's on Andy Reid. It's a similar type of situation. Talking of Petten, I we discussed in last, the last show that we didn't think he was back unless they made the Super Bowl. I saw you tweeting during the game that even if they make the Super Bowl, uh, you don't think he'll be coming back. How do you see that? I certainly think it would be leaning towards him not returning, but how do you see it?
1: Yeah, um, Petten, I still think he should have been fired after last season, but, it, I mean, from all reports, Matt LaFleur wanted him fired at the end of last year, but Mark Murphy and Brian Gutekunst decided no, we'll keep him on for one more year. But, I mean, you look at it, the defence, after halftime, got three picks, they limited the Bucks' scoring, they gave the offence three shots.
0: Oh, they played
1: well. Down, and the offence went three and out twice. So... I'm not sure if it's the fault of the defence that we lost or that the Packers lost this game, but I don't think there's any way you can bring back Mike Petton next year.
0: Yeah, it's in the second half they were very impressive. You said three picks two by year. Alexander. I've heard you saying he's the best quarterback in the league. Gordo certainly staking his claim as certainly a clutch corner, especially in, in the playoffs. But that first half, the Bucks. It seemed every drive they convert a couple of third downs. They were 64% for the game. That's quite good. They were perfect in the red zone. They didn't settle for any field goals. The field goals they did kick were from further away. So, um, it wasn't a perfect game from any really standpoint of any unit. But in the end, the Bucks did enough. Rogers, 33 for 48, three, four, six yards, three touchdowns and a pick. Uh, you know, it's not a bad statistical day. He remains. He will be the MVP. I think everyone's recognised that. That'll be announced next week. Um. Just couldn't get momentum when they needed it. No run game. I think, Gordo, you have opinions on this, uh, what the the, uh, Packers are doing with Aaron Jones. They've got a committee backfield there. You still don't reckon he'll be around next season?
1: I don't think he will be. Uh, The Packers, their salary cap, I think they're projected to be $17 million over the cap, something like that at this point. And there's Corey Lindsley to re-sign who... May or may not be back. Then you've got Aaron Jones. I doubt Kevin King will be back, but I'm not an advocate for paying running backs. And I think AJ Dillon still has three years on his deal, so I think that means Jones is gone. But it's unfortunate considering how good Jones has been. And I think the offense really struggled after he got injured today.
0: Yeah.
1: But I just don't think you can justify paying him what he wants when we've got or when the Packers have so many other needs.
0: Mm-hmm. That's fair enough for Matt Lafleur. Uh, we talked about how he's uh, the first coach in Jim Harbaugh to go to a consecutive championship game in his first two seasons, and uh, he's the second ever coach to go to two and lose the first two with Rex Ryan being the other one. Rex Ryan, of course, never went back to uh, to the playoffs. Packers fans will be hoping that that does, it, it is not the case with Lafleur in Green Bay. Uh, and yes, Bruce Arians, the old timer, finally gets to a Super Bowl as a head coach. We mentioned on the other uh, the last show that you feel like he's just here for the Brady ride once Brady retires. If it is after next door, he keeps going. Bruce Arians won't be there anymore, but he finally gets to go in the big dance, as mentioned earlier, Brady's 10th. So yeah, the Bucks will be there. I don't, I don't think they're favored. I believe the Chiefs will be favored, but you know, if, if everything can come together, Gordo, as we mentioned, I didn't think this was a perfect game for them, but um, you can certainly see them winning. I'm sure if, if everything does come together and the, and the defense continues to play well next, uh, in two weeks time.
1: Oh, definitely. Um, Kansas City is, I mean, the last time they played, uh, Kansas City got out to that really hot start. Tyreek Hill had, what, 200 yards or something in the first
0: quarter? A couple of touchdowns too, yeah.
1: And after that, uh, the Bucs were right there with them. So, yeah, I think it'll be a really close
0: matchup. Mm -hmm. We'll get onto that, of course, in a later show. But, yes, so that is all the news from the NFC Championship um, game, the Packers Aaron Rodgers gets to host his first championship game. It doesn't end the way he would have hoped, but I'm sure they'll be back next year. There was, was some talking. I don't know if you saw that quarter when press, press post-match press conference about his future, but I don't think there's any doubt he'll be back next year. Um, Jordan Love is going to have to wait a few more years if he plays like that. I mean, he's the MVP. that He certainly proved himself after they went out and drafted a quarterback in the first round. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if they finally listen and do draft a wide receiver or a weapon on offense Gordo. Um, to accompany him next year in the draft and trying to – sorry, this year, and trying to appease him a little bit there.
1: Yeah, I don't think wide receiver is the biggest need on this team. Um, Marcos Velda's scantling has been enormous uh, the last couple of weeks. Ellen Lazard's a decent option. Obviously, Devontae Adams. Secondary there the biggest need right now is cornerback. Yeah. I mean, Jair Alexander's obviously great, but outside of him, Kevin King is a free agent and probably gone. Chandon Sullivan's a free agent and is all right. Josh Jackson's a bust. So outside of Jair Alexander, there's almost no one at cornerback. So I think that's got to be the first priority.
0: Yes. So plenty to think about for the Packers for the offseason. And again, the Bucs are moving on. Uh, We go now to a little bit of a halftime break. We're going to look at some of the news with the coaching staff, the new head coach is getting hired. There's every time we do a podcast, in the few days in between, there's been some news, and I'll just quickly run through this, and then we'll have a quick chat about it, Gordo. Uh, the main one is Philadelphia. They filled their head coaching vacancy, reported by Interac Court a few days ago that Nick Sirianni, the relatively unknown, it's fair to say, 39-year-old Colts offensive coordinator, works under Frank Reich, of course, who was in Philadelphia when they won the Super Bowl a few years back. He is coming to Philadelphia to be their new head coach, bringing on Jonathan Gannon, who was a Colts DB coach, as his defensive coordinator, but a lot of slots still to fill on that coaching staff. It, it's quite early in the process there. Uh, any thoughts on Sirianni? Gordo, a bit, a bit of a dark horse. Pick People were thinking maybe Josh McDaniels or a, a more well-known name. Uh, how do you rate his chances? I, I'm, I'm sure they're looking for the Carson Wentz magic like Frank Reich had with him. But What are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, um, I feel like Sirianni sort of came out of nowhere. Yeah, it felt like uh, Josh McDaniels was getting all the press. There were the rumors coming out that they were getting him to build his staff together and everything. And then, yeah, they come up with Sirianni and, I'm not sure how well this will work out. I mean, hiring a virtually unknown coordinator who was getting almost no buzz for any jobs. We'll see how it turns out. I think there's enough talent on Philadelphia's roster to do all right next year. But whether Carson Wentz is the answer to that or not, I don't know.
0: Yes, certainly be interesting there. Of course, the front office, Howie Roseman remains in that position. I'm a stalwart there so it's just bringing in a, a new coaching staff interesting to see of course uh doug peterson was seen by many as a a nobody when he was hired and he took the eagles to a super bowl in their second year so maybe philadelphia fans um they could be hoping for a similar eventuality uh some other news the texans they keep interviewing their last team who hasn't filled their um, head coaching vacancy yet they're committed to, to a thorough search they've interviewed jim Corbell and interestingly Uh, Ex-NFL quarterback Josh McCown, bit of a journeyman, last played with the Eagles in the 2019 wildcard round against the Seahawks. Don't think that's serious. I think he maybe possibly more likely as an an, an OC or a quarterback's coach, but Texans continuing to interview, and as if the job wasn't any more undesirable, Deshaun Watson reports are saying now uh, extremely unlikely that he will be back in Houston with uh, New York Jets and the Miami Dolphins highlighted as possible trade destinations the quarterback uh, washington hired martin mayhew as a gm ex-lions gm as uh their head man there in the personal side and marty herney the former uh uh panthers sorry gm has been hired in a high level front office role in uh, jacksonville with urban Meyer. the gm well, he was interim gm trent bulky has had the interim tag removed uh he of course goto was the gm back in the john Harbaugh days with in San Francisco, and they had a falling out there, and then he went and hired Jim Tom Tomsula and Chip Kelly, and neither of them worked. So interesting to see if he can work well with Urban Meyer and bring some stability to the franchise down in Jacksonville. Uh, in Atlanta, Arthur Smith's going around building his staff. Dean Pease, the former DC in quite a few places, Baltimore, New England, most recently Tennessee. He's the new DC. Frank Bush, is linebacker's coach, came over from the Jets. Dave Rigaud, the offensive coordinator, came over from Chicago. Uh, A couple of other coaches, Marquise Williams is a special teams man. uh, In Detroit, he's an interesting one. I want your thoughts on Gordo. Um, Dan Campbell building his staff, and he's got, I suppose, poached one of the bigger names, um, doing the offensive coordinator rounds. Anthony Lynn, the ex-Chargers head coach, goes to Detroit. Uh, The news broke in the week they will not have Matthew Stafford, so possibly they look at drafting a quarterback or looking in free agency. I think that's a big job, Gordo, for Anthony Lynn, especially someone with not a lot of... Offensive coordinator, a history. He was with the Bills for a few years, but um, obviously didn't call plays in, in uh, Los Angeles with the Chargers. What do you make of that hire?
1: I think it's it's an interesting hire. I mean, I really liked Anthony Lynn, his first couple of years in the league. He took the Chargers to the playoffs. Um, but yeah, for whatever reason, the last couple of years, his Chargers teams just faltered. But I think with the right personnel, he can be a really good OC, but... Obviously, like you said, uh, Matt Stafford's reportedly requested a trade, so they've got no quarterback, uh, no real receivers on the roster with Kenny Golladay being a free agent. It worries me, that Detroit offense, but we'll see how that turns out.
0: Yeah, a couple of things mentioned on previous podcasts that have been confirmed. Saints DB coach Aaron Glenn will go uh, with Campbell over to Detroit as a defensive coordinator. That's another massive job. And Rams, the new Rams defensive coordinator is officially Raheem Morris, uh, most recently the Atlanta Falcons interim head coach. The names keep on coming in. Jacksonville mentioned Urban Meyer. He's got Daryl Bevel, of course, recently the Lions interim head coach and longtime Seahawks offensive coordinator as his new OC. And Joe Cullen comes across from the Ravens as DC. The Bears, uh, Chuck Pagano retired as defensive coordinator. They've um, promoted Sean Desai, an in-house candidate. Uh, he'll be the first ever coordinator of Indian descent in the history of the league. Interested to see how he uh, plays with that defense. Matt Patricia, he's back in New England with Bill. Uh, with sorry, with Bill Belichick, working on special projects. A bit of kind of murkiness, as there always is with the Patriots, surrounding what exactly his role will be. Bill O'Brien, he's off to Alabama as head offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach. Doug Marrone, of course, fired by the Jags. He's uh, in Tuscaloosa as an offensive line coach. Uh, ah, and the final hiring quarter that I thought was interesting. The Ravens, they brought in Anthony Weaver as the defensive line coach. Of course, he was the Texans' defensive coordinator this year. And one of the real characters of the league, Rob Ryan, of course, brother of head coach of the NFL, Rex Ryan, and longtime defensive coach, he's back in the league as the Ravens' inside linebacker coach. Brings a bit of character to the sidelines quarter.
1: Yeah, I mean, I feel like the Ravens' defence is – probably one of the better ones in the league. And I think Rob Ryan will really help that out.
0: Yes. Uh, And finally, just a few more interviews. Pep Hamilton, the Chargers quarterback coach who works so well with Justin Herbert, interviewing with the Titans and Steelers for their OC jobs. It was reported that the Steelers quarterback coach Matt Canada would get the job there as OC, but clearly they're still on the lookout and having some interviews. Uh, And the favourite for... The Chargers, the new offensive coordinator role uh, in L.A., is Joe Lombardi, who is the Saints quarterback coach. He has ties with head coach Brandon Staley uh, from the days in Dayton, Ohio, in the college ranks. I think that is all the coaching news uh, the past few days. Gordo, you can't think of anything I've missed?
1: Uh, Not coaching related, but notable, Dwayne Haskins signed Uh, with the Steelers.
0: Yep. Yes, that's a very important point. Interesting, that quarterback situation over there, because they've got – they still have – Mason Rudolph is about in Duck Hodges. They both still backups on the on the squad? Uh,
1: Duck Hodges, I think, signed with LA the other day.
0: Ah, did he? Okay. And then of course Ben Rothersberger and the question about his future future always rain, but it seems like he wants to come back for another year there in the Steel City. So yes, plenty of coaching and player news. I think also the one we mentioned, Matt Stafford. That's quite um uh, that's quite big news. There's a lot of teams. You and I were talking. Uh, perhaps Indianapolis, maybe San Francisco, you think about Denver, you think about even New Orleans teams that well, don't have much cap space, New Orleans, the other ones thinking about teams that might be interested in having, I think Matt Stafford is, is a really a top 10 quarterback when you think of it. It's just, and he's been like that for years now. He's, that's a, pretty amazing. It's just he doesn't get the credit because he's been in Detroit surrounded by bad ownership, bad management, you know, poor coaching, bad talent around him. It's just like he's never had a chance to shine, Gordon. I, I, I hope and I'm sure you hope that um, for his sake he gets a chance to shine and a chance to compete for a Super Bowl title where he goes next.
1: Yeah, having watched him twice a year play the Packers, he's just, I think he's the most underrated quarterback in the league. He's, in, He's got an incredible deep ball. He's accurate. He's a good leader. It's just, yeah, the team around him has never been good enough. And if I was Detroit, I don't know if I'd be worried or not that he supposedly requested this trade a couple of days after that biting
0: kneecaps speech from Dan Campbell.
1: Mm. I don't know if that had anything to do with it, but I'm not sure that that's the best look.
0: Yeah, I heard reports that he'd made the decision previous prior to the head coaching job and during the candidates' interviews, they were informed that he would likely not be there, but you know, we, we don't really know. No one knows what happens over there, but it's certainly an interesting dynamic added to it. But one thing we know is Detroit will certainly be on the lookout um, for a new quarterback, and they'd be lucky to get one with the talent that they've had for the past 13 or so seasons with Matthew Stafford now. Okay, on to the AFC Championship game. Uh, builders, in my opinion, the better game of the two. You thought two explosive offenses, best teams in the AFC, two young uh, you know, explosive quarterbacks. But uh, for the most part, it didn't really uh, deliver as much as the early game did, I thought. Gordo started off, the Bills got off to a a fast start. They went up 3-0. They had a special teams muck from Kansas City, an easy touchdown for the Bills. They got 9-0. And from there, they couldn't stop Kansas City. and just went touchdown, 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 field goal, touchdown. And and before you knew it, it, it felt like the game was over almost, Gordo.
1: Yeah, I mean, it followed pretty much the exact same script as the Chiefs' playoffs games last year. Slow start, go down. What was it last year? I think 10 points a couple of times, 24 against the Texans. And then they just explode and just go touchdown, touchdown, score, score. And you just can't stop them. I mean, Buffalo just couldn't keep up. They don't have that running game, as we've talked about many times. And they just struggle to keep the ball off the opposition.
0: Yeah, I think, as usual, we saw Travis Kelsey. I mean, what a weapon arguably the best receipt best receiver in the league he had what 13 catches that's a, that's a franchise record in the playoffs 13 catches 118 yards and two touchdowns including one of those little just uh, shovel passes or forget there's an official term for it in the, in the red zone from mahomes tyreek hill nine catches 172 yards that's a franchise record Playoffs for yards and you know that they do rely on them heavily but you know why not? If you've got those weapons, you you better use them, and they do well. Uh, Mahomes twenty nine for thirty eight, three to five yards, three touchdowns, no picks. Uh, the Concussion didn't seem to be affected. the turf toe was reported that he had. That didn't seem to affect him too much. Gordo, there was less rushing out of the, the pocket, but he just didn't seem, you know, troubled in the slightest by the by the by the Bills defense. I didn't think.
1: No, I mean, the Bills defense has been hot and cold all year, and. I think today just showed what happens when they come up against a truly elite quarterback. And I still think there's a lot of room for improvement there. I mean, they've obviously got one of the best young corners in the league in Trey White. Tremaine Edmonds is a good linebacker. They've got the talent there. They just need to piece it all together, I think.
0: Yeah, and for Josh Allen, I saw a tweet saying it looked like first-year Josh Allen. I'm not sure it was quite to that level, but he did seem, for the first time in a long time, out of his depth, a bit startled. Um, he was pressured a lot. He, he really needs to learn to get rid of the ball. As soon as he's got a, a defender draped off one arm, throw the ball away, he tries to get away from them. It led to a lot of sacks where he lost a lot of yards. He was missing throws. He just seemed under pressure. I thought Steve Spagnolo, the Chiefs' defensive coordinator, called a great game. Um, uh, if they play like that in the Super Bowl, I think they got a very good chance at winning. Um, as they did last year with the 49ers game. But yeah, the Bills the Bills were shown up by a better team on the day. It's almost like all this hype followed them and a lot of people saying, including yourself, of course, saying, I think the Bills are going to win this game. But it's almost like Casey kind of showed them who's boss with, with that kind of what, two touchdown win in the end. And, and it was what was a 38 to 15 before the Bills had a, a late touchdown and then and then an offense, uh, off, offside kick and then... Uh, You know They had a bit of late scoring, but really it wasn't that competitive Gordo, As I say, Kansas City really showed them who was boss, I thought, in the AFC.
1: Yeah, I mean, Kansas City is probably the best team in the league right now, and I think they're starting to put together complete games as well. I mean, throughout the year, they've sort of done that thing where they'll play for a quarter and then switch off for the rest. But today and last week as well, they've shown that they can play complete games, and when that happens, I don't think any team's beating them.
0: Yes, Alan was, I should mention, sorry, 28-48, 287 yards, a couple of touchdowns, a pick, uh, and he also rushed for 88 yards. So, you know, he's certainly got talent. As we mentioned on previous shows, that the Bills will be a force to be reckoned with in the AFC for years to come. There's a lot of good young quarterbacks in the AFC. So that, to me, seems like the more exciting conferences when you look ahead, especially five or ten years. As, as we know, a lot of older quarterbacks in the AFC. Um, so, yeah, it wasn't quite the... Exciting playoff matchup we were hoping for, um, but I'm sure KC fans don't care. They're going back to the Super Bowl with a chance to become the first team to win back-to-back titles since uh, the 03 4 Patriots. And a, a stat that I love is that that 4 Patriots team who repeated, they did it over Andy Reid's Eagles down in, in Jacksonville, Florida. So it's it's a revenge game for Andy Reid. Really, can he defeat uh, Tom Brady some 17 seasons after they lost? Uh, matched up in, in a Super Bowl. And, of course, with Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady ended his debut season as a starter in the AFC Championship uh, with that overtime win. So a, a revenge game on multiple fronts there, Gordo. And I don't know about you, but I'm certainly looking forward to it.
1: Yeah, I mean, I feel like Mahomes and Brady, even though Mahomes has only started three years, they seem to have already played each other four or five times at least. So Yeah, they're two and two against really- each other, I think. Yeah, there's really a rivalry developing there. And, yeah, I mean, it's the acknowledged by most people as the greatest of all time versus the one that's probably going to overtake him at some point. So it's be a really interesting matchup.
0: Yeah, and I think people said last time, oh, they won't pay. They might not pay each other again. They're going to meet again. But I really don't think there will be another time after this, unless they meet in the Super Bowl next year because they're not scheduled to play each other, being in different conferences uh, next year in the regular season. So it could very well be the last time we do see this, as you mentioned, the kind of goat versus future goat matchup um, in the Super Bowl. We'll revisit it later on during the week in our next show, Gordo, but if I had to ask you right now, who are you leaning towards uh, to win in two weeks' time down in Tampa?
1: Right now, probably Kansas City.
0: Yeah, and I'd be taking Kansas City as well. Um, Okay, shorter show this week, guys. It's... Very hot here, and obviously Gordo probably wants to go get on the beers. Is that about right, Gordo?
1: Yeah, I'm about three deep at the moment, but
0: <laughs> oh well, we'll see. Wa- wash away the sorrow. My team didn't make the playoffs, so I-, I didn't have to worry about that that this season. Anyway, yes, thank you for being with us, Gordo. Um, sorry we had to re- recap your side's game, but. You know, that's what we do, and we'll probably see you guys next week. Of course, two weeks for the Super Bowl, so we might go just to one podcast a week But we'll see you and start doing recaps of seasons for teams that have been eliminated and, and look at some more fun stuff. But, um, yes, that's all to come. Gordo, as I said, thanks for being with me today. Thanks for having me. That's all right. And, yeah, okay, guys. Um, the links to our blog, as usual, in the description. Thanks to Kevin the Cloud for the music, songs and, yes, we'll see you when we see you. Bye, guys.